Welcome to another episode of Think Human. This episode was originally recorded with Gerald Arks on his Inbound for Cast podcast. You can find out more at inboundthenumberforecast.com. And now on to the episode. If you live in my bubble, it's brilliant, right? Everybody's talking about demand generation, the dark funnel, ABM. The simple reality is, though, most are not. If you step out of the bubble and go and talk to the market, most people in the UK are not mature in their account-based marketing programs that at the early stages of demand generation. This is the Inbound Forecast, a podcast series about inbound marketing and organic growth for B2B companies. Here's your host, Gerald Arcus. Hi, yes, welcome to my hey. podcast. Hey, yeah, really good to be here. Thanks a lot. We are here at Brighton for the Brighton SEO event. And you have your talk later today. That's right. About two, hours, two hours to go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, about a dark funnel. That's right. So this podcast is a warm-up for you. It is. A nice dry run-through without, <laughs> without the pressure of the crowd. <laughs> Indeed, only the camera. I hope my voice is people can hear it because it was a wild party yesterday. Here's a little bit of a hangover for me, but I'll try my best. Before we start, can you give a short introduction of who you are? Yeah, sure. So my name is Riaz Kanani. I am the founder and CEO of Radiate B2B. We basically help companies sell to enterprise, their sales development teams, make sure we tell them exactly who they should be speaking to right now. Yep. All right. Sounds good. And you're talking about the dark funnel? That's right. That's right. Can you give a little bit of insight? So what is the dark funnel? Yeah, when I was part of Silverpop, 10, 15 years ago, we were building up the marketing automation um, platform world, if you like, and setting out the best practices, MQLs, SQLs, all those sorts of things. And you fast forward to today, and a lot of the problems that we were trying to solve back then exist again today. And the major reason for that is, is because people are delaying buying. I don't mean delaying as in they're, they're waiting longer. I mean as in they are delaying talking to the vendors. And so they will research more online outside of your bubble, outside of your website. And compared to when is this a big change? So is this so, five years ago, so, ten years ago? So we started to really notice it five years ago. Yeah, And it's what pulled me back into building a new startup. It must be eight, nine years ago. I said I was never going to do another startup again. And here I am. And that's when we started to see metrics like the number of times people would visit a website anonymously before they convert was increasing when outbound sales teams were trying to get through we were seeing they were taking longer to get through to companies it was harder to get through harder to respond and a lot of that's to do with not just the delay but also the demographic of the buyer and so to go back to your question of what is the dark funnel in the past we've always had this period of time where buyers would you know, send an email to somebody they knew, their mentor, a previous boss, and ask them a question, right, about what they should be looking at for this problem. Yep. But because you involved the sales teams earlier, it was never really something to focus too much on. You knew about it, you'd do advertising, et cetera, et cetera, you'd write content. Today, though, that gap is so big that actually that time frame is really important to now focus on. And so it's been called the dark funnel and basically the dark funnel is this period before they convert on your website where they are talking about you on social media on podcasts like this in communities you might as a company put a social post out 
Um, you don't know that company X has seen that post. You've got no idea. You have an even less idea that person screenshotted that post and then shared it with their boss, right? Um, so the fact maybe that people are visiting the website of companies less and less is a big part of it? It's that they're visiting companies anonymously more and more rather yeah. than that they're visiting vendors less and less. But also the, the part of consuming content in the LinkedIn right. feed and, and right. things like There's that. There's much more information available. And of course, the lockdown with COVID accelerated that. The amount of content generated in the last couple of years has just ballooned. Yeah. The easiest way to show that really was the massive increase in, in CPMs that you saw on LinkedIn over just from an advertising standpoint. Forget about the organic perspective. All right, and uh, you mentioned a few tactics for uh, the dark funnel, so communities, social, podcast, I think YouTube. Yeah, that's right. The fundamentals of marketing don't change. Yeah. It amazes me to this day, right? I've been in marketing 20 years sort of thing, and the concepts that I learned back at university are on the four Ps, right? They really don't change. But beneath that, everything changes constantly. And that's the big difference now, right? It's looking at where people are going are clearly going more to social than they've ever done before. It's clear that there's a lot more peer-to-peer conversations therefore going on. And I think about five, six, seven years ago, we saw a rise in the larger tech companies buying publishers. Yep. And one of the reasons for doing that is because you can suddenly um, have access to an audience that isn't coming to your website. They're coming to consume Yeah, it's easier to buy it than to build it yourself. That's uh, right. Not all of us can buy. <laughs> no. But in the last couple of years, what you've also seen is a massive explosion in communities. And so we last year launched a B2B sales and marketing pioneers community. Yeah, so do you think that's really a trend? Because communities, 10 years ago, you already had that's them. Right. But I think in the last months, everybody is talking about it again. That's right. You're absolutely right. Communities have been around. Sure, why there's an increase? I also see it, but... I don't understand the reasons uh, behind I th- it. I think, for me, the reasons we did it and the reasons we see clients of ours doing it is because, again, it allows you to be part of the conversation. So for us, I think 10 years ago, there was a huge surge in communities, but really they were never very well implemented. And I don't mean that from a technology standpoint, and there were obviously huge success stories. But the majority of them viewed it as being lead generation. So it was a way to get your sales message in front of people. And of course, no one in a community wants to be sold to directly like that. And they disappeared yeah. and never succeeded. Today, the technology is certainly better. There's better measurement. But for us, it's the not really about a tech change. It's about a mindset. Uh, yeah. That's right. So building a relationship and learning from your customers. That's right. And so for us, our main KPI, I'm a data junkie, so I always measure everything we do. Our main KPI for that is the number of conversations that are created by people not connected to Radiate. And that's what we want. We want a thriving community where we're just the host. And actually, we don't host it just ourselves. We host it with another sales agency who also manages it. So the B2B marketing community? That's right. B2B oh. sales and marketing. Then I have to join it. Yeah. <laughs> You'll see the QR code on the slides <laughs> that I talk about later. But you can, if you do a search or ping me on LinkedIn, I'll get you a, an invite. It's an invite only. But right. ping me a link and I'll get you. I will. And how does this compare to, for example, Dark Social? Is this the same as the Dark Funnel? or? 
It's a subset. And in some ways, one of the bigger parts of the puzzle, if you like. So dark social is obviously everything that's happening on social. It's all the posts that get shared without you seeing it. I remember we did some research back in Civil Pop days, so 10, 12 years ago. I don't know if you remember the share to social buttons that used yeah, to exist yeah. everywhere. And they still do today, but seem to be used less. When we measured um, activity we knew that the majority, the biggest activity was email. It was never shared to social, it was shared to email. And most of that was undetected. And that's the same thing happening inside social, is it's getting shared via messages, um, it's getting shared behind the scenes. So the Um, the Slack channels, for example, the internal social media platforms. That's right. So dark social is something that um, you need to be aware of. Basically... It's interesting because for me, it all connects together, right? One of the things I talk about is the rise of brand in B2B. I think one of the biggest downfalls of the marketing automation period was it over-prioritized data and short-termism versus um, the longer-term brand-building capabilities that are just as important in the B2B world. And I also think back then, the, the funnel was also dark a part of it maybe we thought we had everything in our hubspot account or whatever that's right there was enough right the reality was that there was plenty of low-hanging fruit that was coming in through inbound through conversions the sales process was it was the early days of content and honestly you were less likely to be burned (laughs) (laughs) so uh, what does this mean for attribution that we have this big black hole in our data that's right i actually think this is one of the the hardest things for a marketer to get not so much get their head around but to handle because we are so trained on mqls website conversions all the metrics that are black and white even though most of them honestly are not completely accurate anyway i sometimes hear people talk about their open rates in email and the open rate (laughs) is not actually accurate by any means but the dark funnel the rise of the dark funnel means that actually the metrics we're thinking about and we're looking to use to measure the dark funnel are not black and white they're gray and we have to accept that we just don't know a lot of things you can get indicators for example there's a couple of big things that we use to shine a light on the dark funnel so the first thing is around asking Right, so when someone does convert on the site, how did you hear about us first? Yeah, right. I live on LinkedIn, right? So we yep. do LinkedIn lives on there. We share a lot. Um, we talk a lot about the industry, and so we know a lot of people come to us because they've heard of us on LinkedIn or seen us on LinkedIn. We can't measure. There is no metric I've got that shows me that there's a lot of people who are buying from us because of our activity. And do you see it in the forms that people mention? Yeah. Do they also say what? So a specific post or a live uh, session or just LinkedIn? We make it simple. Some people will be more wordy, but most will just type. Yeah, and when you analyze it, I think knowing that LinkedIn is very important is maybe enough. Yeah. And when it comes to which posts, you can get an idea from LinkedIn's own metrics as to which posts are popular. Yeah, But of course... Just knowing that a lot of your inbound direct traffic is where that's coming from um, shows so an insight. What is then important for you on LinkedIn? Is it the reach and engagement or do you still also look at clicks, for example? Yeah, so I'd say the majority of my posting on LinkedIn doesn't have a link. 
And actually, maybe in the SEO community, that will go down like a ton of bricks. But the major reason is one of the things that we know, we can post very valuable content in the size of a LinkedIn post. And when you add links into a LinkedIn post, it has an impact. The algorithm and, isn't happy with it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And actually, to my current theory, and these theories change all the time because LinkedIn changes all the time, is that links have a domain authority within the algorithm on LinkedIn. And for most of us in the B2B world, that domain authority is extremely low. So and you're so saying that when you have a high authority, maybe the, the reach of the link that's right. is better. So we know when we post certain links, whether it's sometimes the BBC or TechCrunch, we'll see tens of thousands of views. If I had someone else who writes a similar post, but posts to a different, less well-known link, nothing. Yeah, so There's that's no a problem hard. for a lot of B2B companies. That's right, that's right. <laughs> and But it's not to say that we then post in a silo, right? So a lot of my posts will be reused, repurposed within LinkedIn Live and vice versa. It'll be used in blog posts. It'll be used in white papers. It might get written up as a separate thing on the website. It gets reused all the time. And then let's talk about your software because it's called the Dark Funnel, but... Maybe it's not as dark as we think because <laughs> you have, I think, intent data. That's right. And that's the second big thing about the dark funnel is obviously a lot of the activity is happening on third-party websites that you don't have access to. So when you do searches for intent data, you'll see events come back, things like G2 for the review customer reviews, but also people like ourselves where we partner to bring together over 5,000 um, publishers, people who are browsing across those publishers. They come back. We partner with companies like Bombora to tie that data together with other anonymous behavior yeah. to then give our clients a single score, basically, of how high that behavior is to suggest they'd be open to a conversation. And that's on a company level, right? It's all at a company level. We yep. don't go down to individual level for obvious privacy reasons i'm not sure anyone would quite like their um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> activity to be tracked at an individual level across the internet i no. certainly wouldn't no me neither <laughs> <laughs> let's say that i'm selling crm software that's right i go to you and you can sell me data of companies that are in markets to yeah that's right so basically everyone wants it to be a silver bullet right so we take a topic called crm which we do have and certainly there'll be a list of companies that are associated with that. But most people, when they're researching a topic, are not just researching CRM. They'll be researching some of the issues and problems that they have to do with CRM. So it, yep. it could be sales acceleration, it could be sales data. So what we recommend to our clients is that actually, yes, obviously CRM is important, that's the core topic, but you also look at topics around it to then give you a picture of what that person is actually thinking about what you'll get back is it's not going to be a list of a, a few companies who are actually a market so the, the number everyone banders um, around about five percent of companies are in market we see that all the time in fact some of the stuff yep. we do allows us to measure that and it holds up so it's in the demand capture corner um, that's right so what we were able to do is yes we'll identify some of the companies that are buying today the top 10 20 percent of them probably then you'll get the companies that are early on the ones that are researching still. Yep. And you'll get the ones that are investigating because they know it's going to be a problem for them. 
they're not yet in the buying process, but you'll get those as well. Our clients are companies who sell, they're usually mid-sized companies that are selling to larger companies. And so the sales cycles are longer. And anyone who works in that space knows you don't pick up the phone to the buyer and magically the following day you've got a deal. Yeah, so I think account-based marketing, for example, is maybe an important approach to use your data. Account-based marketing is certainly one of the approaches, definitely. Certainly when you are selling to big enterprise, most people will have a mix of a demand journal inbound plus an ABM standpoint. The primary users of the data really is both sales and marketing. So certainly the sales development teams knowing who they should speak to next, but also the marketing team from a an activation standpoint, targeting those companies specifically with advertising can just ensure that when those conversations happen, they're more likely to have that conversation. So we see a two to three X uplift in companies taking a demo when you combine the intent data with advertising. Yeah, so advertising indeed is a a big part of it too, I think. Yeah. The easiest way to reach the list of companies. Yeah, and that wasn't possible before, right? Because before you would have to target an entire vertical. And for most B2B companies, targeting large verticals... It's very expensive. very, very expensive. (laughs) But when you translate that down to specific companies, suddenly... You might have a target account list of 500, 1,000, 5,000. At at those sorts of levels, you're able to basically manage your market and just keep feeding small amounts of adverts and then increasing the frequency based on what you know as a business. And what type of ads do you think are then relevant for the... Can it be targeted at your products or services or should it be more demand uh, ads? One of my bugbears in the B2B world is how functional we often are in our advertising. It's very straight down the line. It's very standardized, if you like. And that's always a bad thing in advertising. If your ad looks like everybody else's, it's not going to get seen. So for me, it depends, right? So if the companies that you're talking to, you're putting adverts in front of, are companies that don't know you and you don't know much about them other than you think they'd be an ideal customer, then you want to be feeding your story, right? Why is it that you exist? And educating from that perspective. And then maybe the click isn't even that important. No, that's right. And interestingly, it varies. So a couple of interesting stats that we see all the time, right? We sell to companies that sell to enterprise. We do that across lots of different verticals. But across all those verticals, 20 to 30% of the companies we target will magically appear on the website. And... In a brand-led channel, you screen out consciously those ads when you're not interested. So for somebody to then magically appear on the website, they're seeing those ads, they're thinking about that situation, right? It's interesting to them. But the other thing is when you look a level below that and you look at how that 20 to 30% breaks down in professional services, management consultancies, it's about 60, 40, 70, 30 in favor of people clicking. It's almost the inverse for technology companies. So 70% will turn up on the website, 30% will click. So it's really interesting to see that we haven't gone yet to go and interview some of these different industries to try and figure out some of the reasons. But yeah, so the idea behind uh, demand generation that people will come to your website if you are just be there. Yeah, that's right. Fundamentally, a lot of marketing is about your share of market voice. And the more share of voice that you have, the stronger you are in that market. Now, of course, common sense plays a part here. Just because I get 
let's say, £100 million worth of funding, and I burn all of that in advertising, I'll have a great share market voice, but there won't be a strong connection to the audience. They'll know who we are, but they won't have any value associated with that. They'll yeah. have a little bit of trust. And so you have to combine multiple methods to both increase the awareness, but also back it up with quality value conversation. What do you think we are when you look at the maturity level of most B2B companies and this yeah. approach? If you live in my bubble, it's brilliant, right? Everybody's talking about demand generation, the dark funnel, ABM. The simple reality is, though, most are not. If you step oh. out of the bubble and go and talk to the market, most people in the UK are not mature in their account-based marketing programs. They're at the early stages of demand generation. And most are still outbound calling, outbound email. Yeah, so even at the stage before, we got the whole inbound part, and maybe they will go directly to demand gen, but maybe <laughs> it will take five years It's or always, even more. The beauty of building a business is you always have more time than you think, usually. You think the market's gonna, going to dramatically accelerate inside a couple of years, and it rarely happens. The exception to that was COVID, right, where suddenly there was a massive increase in digital activity that really brought a lot of what we're talking about today um, to the fore much faster than it would have done otherwise. Indeed. Very interesting. Uh, have you missed anything from your talk today that uh, we talk about in this podcast? Anything Probably. important? Some big takeaways? or I think the, the big takeaway for me from the talk today, and as well as this one, is getting a handle on that grayness of measurement and realizing that actually understanding... Um, which of your programs that don't directly attribute to your pipeline is contributing without you realizing it. And the second, of course, is the intent data piece. So for me, it becomes something that's a critical part of any sales and marketing tool set. Yeah, so people who want to know more can go to the website, I think. Or? Yeah, certainly go to the website, radiateb2b.com, connect on LinkedIn. I'm yep. always happy to have a conversation on LinkedIn. Great. Thanks a lot. And uh, success today with your talk at Brighton. Thank you very much. Really good to be here. Yes, thanks. Thanks for listening to the Inbound Forecast. And don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or in your favorite podcast app.